Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. What do you do when there seems to be a disconnect between going on short-term missions trips and your life when you return home? Our guest will be Jerry Smith of Global Mission Strategies, and we'll talk about that and more in episode 158 of the Engaging Missions Show. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. All right, let's get started. We have with us today Jerry Smith. He's on staff with Global Mission Strategies out of Woodstock, Georgia, where he works to train and deploy short-term teams to Cape Verde in West Africa, where they've been partnering with a small group of evangelical Christians for about four years. He's also frequently in the field to encourage the ongoing work to pour into and strengthen evangelism and the discipleship infrastructures, and also to check out the purity of the gospel message in new areas as the influence of Christ continues to grow. When he's stateside, he's also heavily involved with the No Place Left movement in South Florida. So, Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure and a blessing to be here. Oh, it's it's totally my pleasure and my blessing as well. As I was mentioning, you know, one of the coolest things is that I get to pray with people and just get to talk about Jesus. So that's that's pretty cool. Now, as we get started, I'm wondering, and this is a little bit unusual, but I was just thinking, would you mind sharing with us your your salvation story, how it is that you came to Christ? Oh, certainly. Brian, I was, let's see, I was 20, year, 20 years old, and I had, I had just met my future wife previous to this time, and she was a very strong believer. We were actually on our third date, and she shared the gospel with me. <laughs> and I had heard the gospel before. I'd been to vacation Bible school numerous times as a child, and uh, it wasn't anything that I had a problem with, Jesus and, and all that he did for us. I never really asked him in, into my life. And so I did that night, you know, for 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 probably some reasons that, that weren't genuine, but mm-hmm. God used that. And, you know, of course, I had a beautiful, beautiful young woman there mm-hmm. asking me if I wanted to, you know, invite Christ into my life. So I had some, some pressure there, some some influence that may not have should have been there. But <laughs> but anyway, God did use it. And really, years later, I, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus and I've been serving him ever since. So it's been, it's been a beautiful journey. Wow, that's great. You know, I, I don't know that I've heard a whole lot of people share that kind of story where it was a relationship that kind of led him that down that direction. And, and I'm, obviously God's used this. Can you share maybe a little bit about how God's transformed your life since that time? Oh boy, just 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 any any story of salvation where, you know, I was living for myself, a, a selfish young man and but at all the same at the same time, you know, claiming Christ as 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 the Lord. And God doesn't it doesn't look too fondly upon that. Hmm. You know, God allowed me to, to dig myself into to a hole that only he could get me out of. 
you know, when I when I did reach that point where where I had no other choice, I I did I surrendered to him, and he 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 miraculously restored a lot of things in my life, relationships, just 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 a lot of brokenness in my life. He he transformed it, and that that is what really brought me into ministry. That's you know when when I saw what he did, when I saw how he changed things and how he he was faithful in many areas of my life, I it was very easy for me to step out in faith and. And really, I mean, jump out in faith mm. and follow him wholeheartedly. Well, that, that's good. So you've shared with us a little bit about how you came to Christ and how your wife was involved. Well, your wife now was involved at that time. Can you share maybe a little bit more about your family and, and how, how that all fits together with ministry and what you're doing? Sure. We, we have, we're a family of six. Wow. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I have an 11-year-old daughter, a 9-year-old son, and a 4-year-old little girl. Mm. They are just a, a amazing blessing, as I'm sure you know how it is with children. But yeah, they're they're heavily involved in, in the church planning efforts down here. The girls are are at the youth group at church in town here in Jensen Beach. Mm-hmm. But we also do a team church on Sunday evenings where the kids are heavily involved in the teaching and the trainings and participating in Lord's Supper. You know, all the way up to to practicing baptism, all the different things. They're, the kids are, there's 18 children, I believe, in our, in our house church, eight adults and 18 kids. So it's just like a big family. They're out doing evangelism, sharing stories, sharing testimonies. They're, they're really heavily involved. Wow, that, that's really cool. So I know that you've listened to the show a little bit, so you know that I actually just had that series on involving kids in ministry, so that was kind of top of, my, top of mind. When you think about having your kids involved, have they always been involved, or has that been sort of a recent transition for you? No, Brian, they've, they, it, it's a very recent transition, and it's only because, because of what we're doing with this team church and, mm. and the way that they implement the children. I have to remind myself as as we're even as I'm doing our, our devotions at home to, to include the children, ask them what they what they mm. got out of the story, what they see God doing here. And but as as it becomes a part of, of what we do as a family, it just is, becomes more and more natural. And the kids just flourish. The kids the, the children just eat it up. They they are so excited and so happy to share and to be a to be a part of it. You know, we just don't think to do that just because we usually go to church. We send the kids to kids' church, and we go and listen to the to the message. We go to Sunday school class. The same thing. We go. We participate. We don't ever ask the kids to 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 put their to put their thoughts in and what God's saying to them. And it is so so good. Wow. Yeah, as a as a parent, I got to be honest. I'm kind of continuing to fail forward in this kind of thing. My mm-hmm. my oldest is six now, and I'm trying to get her involved by having her tell Bible stories to me and things like that. And I, when she gets it, she's so proud, and I enjoy doing that. I, I really, you know, my hope and my prayer is that I'll get better at this. Have you found any keys or strategies that have helped you continue to grow as you're involving your kids? Again, it's 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 just it's just being being intentional with, with your kids. We always talk about being intentional with the gospel or, you know, being always on the lookout for opportunities to share. Mm. But the, but the same thing is, is with your kids. It's, it's a part of, it's just being intentional, making sure that we're including them, making sure we're asking them questions, making sure we're, we're getting their feedback. And that's, that's what it is for me. And that's helped. That's what's helped me grow. It's just to remind myself. It's just like, you know, you know, set that apart. At the very beginning, this is going to be a priority to us to involve the kids. 
Wow. And when you make that as a priority, the more you do it, you do it for a week, you do it for two weeks, you do it for three weeks. Okay, it's part of what you do. It's now part of what we do. Yeah, that's good. So I'd kind of like to take us back a little bit toward the introduction, because I shared a little bit about how you're involved in training teams, you, you're involved in South Florida, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Now, having a lot of things going on also probably means that you've had a lot of opportunities to encounter challenges or failures. Can you share with us a time when you did face a significant challenge or failure, and then how God worked in and through that? Like I said earlier, when I first was heard the call of God, and, and I also mentioned to you before the show started about my, my tendency to run ahead of the car, <laughs> yeah. I sometimes run into problems there. And, and so we had actually, and I told you, and part of my testimony was how we like kind of leapt into this. So anyways, we, as, when I heard that calling, you know, I, I approached my wife, and obviously there was a lot going on in our lives at that time. And I've been in the restaurant business my whole life since I was 15. So, you know, at this point now, it was, it was 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we had, a, we had a little diner in town. So I told sister we're gonna, that it's going up for sale. And, well, what, 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 what for? And because I'm going into full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And this was a big, this was a huge leap. You know, I started Bible college. I, I, we put the restaurant up for sale. We sold that, and we went on staff at Global Mission Strategies through a series of events, through a series of, you know, things that God was bringing into our lives. And we get on staff with this faith-based ministry, and now we have to raise support. And a family of, a family of five at that time, the baby mm-hmm. hadn't been born yet. So, so we're raising support and having no previous experience in ministry, really, again, running ahead, trying to figure this out as we went. But I was certain that we were supposed to raise, raise our support. So Christmas was coming. And uh, having nothing for the children for Christmas. And me, you know, that's not something that, that I was okay with. Right. So, but it was very clear that I was, that I, that I was in full-time support raising season. But I took a job at a, at a nice restaurant in town, you know, about a month before Christmas to, to just save some money for Christmas. And I had the worst feeling when I went into that restaurant that night and just sick to my stomach got, and because it was so evident I wasn't supposed to be there. Hmm. And it's one of the busiest restaurants in town, Brian. And that night was the slowest night they ever had. <laughs> and the the owner came up to me during my shift and said, man, you must be bad luck or were you jinxing us? And I explained <laughs> to him what was going on. <laughs> and he's, you know, he got a good laugh out of it. You know, I said, I'm not supposed to be here. This is a big problem. And he got a laugh out of it and said, no, don't worry. You're fine. But it was very clear that that, that was supposed to happen. And anyways, that night, as I was working, the Lord brought to my mind a man that I hadn't seen in years, probably 10 years, but was very influential in my life when I was younger. And so when I got home the next day, I called him, and I set up a support meeting with him. And anyways, before that happened, I, I went in there, and I quit the restaurant. And I told him I couldn't do it, but I, he knew why. Mm-hmm. So I went and met with that guy, and he basically supplied our entire Christmas wow. for the kids. So it was, you know... It was a situation where I was, again, disobedient, but God in his good graces worked through it and supplied us what we needed. Oh, you know, it was Christmas. Yeah, that, that's really cool. As you think about your life and your ministry, is there maybe a key scripture or something that's been really foundational to how you approach everything? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, I'm really into, into movement, and I'm really into Great Commission. So I've said the Great Commission, Acts mm-hmm. 1-8. Matthew twenty four fourteen, where the gospel we preach to all nations, 
and then the end will come. So we want that to, we want that to happen. That's what we're burning. That's what we're pursuing. We're pursuing that God's vision. You know, that that's the greatest prophecy probably ever given. And we know that it comes true in Revelation chapter seven when the multitude of nations are there. Every language is there. But we know that that's going to happen. But for me, those are all huge verses in my life. The Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. It's just that reminder that I need that, you know, when things aren't going the way I want them to go, when when support's not coming in, when things aren't aren't going the way that 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 I would want them to go. I know who's in control. I know who delivered me and I know who is faithful in every circumstance in my life. So that's one that I call on quite frequently and it, it just brings a, such a peace to my life. Wow, that's great. With that, we're going to need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward the ministry. Perfect. Hey, Engaging Missions listeners, this is Jim Baker from Episode 119. Thank you so much for being a faithful listener to this show. Brian has been a huge encouragement to me personally and to my podcast, Doing Ministry Well. After a long hiatus, we finally have some new episodes up, and we'd love it if you check it out over at doingministrywell.com. Hey there. Before we get back into this week's episode, I wanted to take just a minute to let you know that coming up in a couple of weeks, on September 30th, it'll be International Podcast Day. I'm planning to have a special episode available. I'm actually working on what that would be right now. I need to get that in production pretty quickly. And I also wanted to let you know that you might want to consider doing something special for that day as well. If you really enjoy podcasts, that's a good day for you to share your love of the format, that kind of thing. And I have a couple of suggestions in case you're wondering what you might do. The first is if there's a podcast you really enjoy, maybe you could give that podcaster some feedback. You might not know this, but podcasting, a lot of times as a podcaster, we don't get any feedback about whether or not people enjoy the show or anything like that. So if you do enjoy a show, let that podcaster know. Maybe leave them a rating and review in iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. Maybe shoot them an email or leave a comment on the show notes page or something like that. Something to let them know that you enjoy the show, maybe to let them know what you enjoy about the show, that kind of thing. Second, if you have a family member or a friend who might benefit or really enjoy a show, then let them know about it. If they, if you haven't already, let them know about that specific show. Maybe just give it to them as a recommendation. And finally, If you have a message that would be easy to share using your voice and you have the interest, maybe consider starting your own podcast. If that sounds interesting to you, send me an email at feedback at engagingmissions.com and we'll just talk about some of the options, some of the ways that you might do that. No pressure, no sales or anything like that. I just really love the medium and I want to see more people get into it. So those are three suggestions of things that you might do to celebrate International Podcast Day. If you like podcasts, I would recommend that you do that. With that, we're going to get right back into this week's episode. All right, we're back with Jerry Smith. We've been talking about his life and his ministry. We started off by talking about his salvation story, which I thought was wonderful. Now, Jerry, as I think about what you have going on, training and sending teams, you're involved in the No Place Left Network in South Florida, it can seem like all of that stuff could be really disconnected or could really scatter you. How do you tie it all together? Oh, that's a good question, Brian. You know, we tie it all together with really with the Bible. It's, it's so funny that it's, you know, that that's my answer, but it's so simple for years. I, I've been working in Cape Verde and 
going there, sharing the gospel, discipling. We've been planting churches there. But when I come home, there's a disconnect. I'm, I'm in Cape Verde for basically 10 days, two weeks at a time, four to five times a year with teams that we, we head over there and we help, we help the work over there. But my time back stateside has always been, it's just been like that disconnect has been there because I haven't been, I haven't been really fulfilling the first half of, of Acts 1-8 mm. for the past several years. And the Lord made it possible for me to connect with some really cool people from that No Place Left network that you were mentioning earlier mm-hmm. up in Atlanta one, one year at a conference up there. And it turned out that they were working right in my own backyard <laughs> in, in Stewart, Florida. So it was really cool to, it was really cool for God to allow us to meet. And we tried connecting several times, but we've been, we were both so busy. Finally, we got to connect and just through, just through really being discipled by, by these, by this group of people and, and participating in the work down here, it's really just empowered me and really completed me as a person and as a, as a follower of Jesus. Because what was happening was, like I said, there was a great disconnect when I would return home. I would have a great, a great disconnect and I, almost like a depression would, would, would sink into me and I wouldn't, because I wasn't active here. You know what I mean? I wasn't active in my own, in my Jerusalem. I was active yeah. at the ends of the earth. And, and that's not what we're designed to do. So once I started actually participating in that, I started to get a, a lot more energy. I started to get a lot more excitement. The excitement was building in my family. It was building at our, in our life group as we started now to go out and do the same thing. And there was, it, it becomes contagious. And when, and when we start, and when we started working here as well as in, as well as in the nation, that's when things started to really take off for us. And, and we were able to actually, what the, the, the process here, the, the church growth process, the, the kingdom growth process that we're using is what they call the four fields. Okay. Which is, it was, it's, it's very simply put, it's Jesus's strategy for getting in front of, of lost people, sharing the gospel, discipling them, forming churches, and identifying leadership. And it's such a simple process, a biblically-based process. We were able to share that in Cape Verde now a few months ago, and now the work is really just blown up. Wow. So, so as you think about what you're doing, I, I guess before we get to that, we should probably share a little bit more about the four fields and what that's based on. That's based on the, the parable of the seed and the sower. Is that right? That's correct. So can you share with us a little bit about what the four fields are and kind of how you identify who's, you know, what's what and that kind of thing? Well, let's, first off, we'll start with the four fields. Yeah. The first, the first field is the, is the empty field, when the farmer would enter an empty field, okay? And the second field is, the, is where he would sow the seed, okay? So where he would plant the seed. The third field is where it sprouted, even though he didn't know how, it sprouted as he slept. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth field would be when he took the sickle to it, when he saw that it was ripe, he, would, he harvested it. So the four fields, as far as the kingdom growth goes, is, is Jesus, how did he enter a field? How did he get in front of people who needed to hear the gospel? The second field would be, how did he sow the seed? How did he sow the gospel? The third would be, how did he disciple those believers? How did he help them to grow? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth field would be, how did he gather them? So when he, when he, when he, harvest, when he went to harvest, how did he gather them into the different groups? And this is the, the process that you see Jesus modeling throughout the gospels. And then you see the disciples reproducing it in the book of Acts. Mm. And this is a very simple way that we go in and we study. We'll study the Gospels, and we'll see, we'll pull out those parts. What did you, what, oh, here's Jesus getting in front of, of people. Oh, here's Jesus sharing the Gospel. Oh, here's Jesus raising up leaders. Oh, here's Jesus gathering. 
And then we'll go to Acts, and we'll see the same thing happen. Here's Paul. Okay, here's Paul gathering churches together. Here's Paul sharing the gospel. Paul's reproducing what Jesus was doing. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to go into a new field where there is no gospel work, and that's, that's everywhere, basically. And, and how are we getting in front of them? We're, we're using what Jesus did, what Paul did, what we call the House of Peace search. Okay. When we go into a new place and find that person who God is prepared to receive Christ, somebody who's excited about maybe starting some work. So we go there, we stay with that person, and we'll disciple that person. And we, and we have simple tools for, for getting in front of those people. We have simple tools for sharing the gospel. And then we'll, we'll use the Bible for the discipleship third field. We'll just look at the commands of Christ, and we'll try practicing obeying Jesus. That's, that's, that's the main discipleship tool. And then, again, for gathering churches, we have, we'll have we use Acts chapter 2, the, the first church in Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 36 or 47. We'll see those nine functions. There's nine specific functions that that church was performing. So we'll study each of those functions, and we'll, we'll try to become obedient to that. So there we're forming churches. And it's all in the home. So it, it's a really, uh, it was, which works perfectly for Cape Verde, and it works perfectly for South Florida, too, because... Majority of the people that in South Florida, they they won't go to church even if you invite them. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding is they will study the Bible with a friend, or they'll hear the testimony of a friend, or hear the gospel from their friend. So this is what we're discovering down here. Wow, that, that's cool. Now, you mentioned that when you started taking this approach, sort of ministering in your Jerusalem, if you will, that it kind of breathed new life, or again, it gave you some, some more energy. As you think about your, what you're doing, what is it that most excites you about the, about the ministry? What most excites me is, is seeing, is seeing your, your, your churchgoer, your average churchgoer, realizing and understanding the capacity that they have as a believer to... Mm. To, to see to see kingdom growth to to when you see a, somebody who who would never share their faith go out and knock on the door share their testimony share the gospel with a stranger and then for them to see the spirit of God moving and working in the harvest field through and using them it's just that's the most rewarding thing for me wow to help help a believer recognize that that he has a great he or she has a tremendous capacity. To, to see the kingdom expand. Wow, you know, that's, that's really cool. As I, as I think about the kingdom, it seems like, and it's probably just the, dealing with culture and things like that, that there's always this really big tension between trying to make sure that what we're doing works and then also simply being obedient and faithful. How, how do you reconcile that and go, okay, I know what I'm doing works, but also I know that I'm being faithful? Yeah, I think the key there is to do it in the other, the other way around not worry so much about if it works because if, if you're being obedient to Christ, you're, it, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And it may not work the way we think it should or it may not look like what we think it should. But the most important thing is to just be obedient and then let the Spirit of God do His part. Our part is the obedience part and the Spirit of God's part is the, the, that it works, that it works out, you know? Yeah. As you think about what you have going on right now, if you were to project maybe a couple of years into the future, what kinds of changes or opportunities do you see coming? Wow, I really think I really think things are starting to roll both in Cape Verde and and here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of opportunities for 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 people down here and in Cape Verde really to recognize. See, the the beautiful thing about this process is it helps people identify themselves. As, as a worker, and so, and it equips them for the task. So 
what we're going to see is an army being raised up. And what, that's what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. because a lot of churches are bringing this training in and, and they're starting to, you know, and everybody's not going to want to do it, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, a small percentage is going to want to do it. But those people have to be invited. It's just like sharing the gospel. I need to share with everybody and, and then let the Spirit of God draw whoever he's going to draw. We have to give this opportunity to every believer and let the Spirit of God work in them and draw them to this work. And that's what he's doing. He's, 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 he's waking up the, 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 the sleeping Christian, and he's calling, he's calling specific people to this work, and they're engaging in it, and, they're, and they're, they're seeing fruit, and they're growing, and they're excited, and they're happy, and they're, they're no longer just sitting there slumped over in the chair. We're just waiting for, the, for church service to end. They have, they have, they have passion and, and power now. Mm. Yeah, so you use one of my favorite words, engage. Of course, that's part of the, the yeah. show name, but yeah, I, I like that. And it's, it's a powerful picture, right, to think about. In my mind, I see the sleeping giant. That What I see is that mm-hmm. the, the church is, is rising up. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just what I see. And it, I, you know, because I talk to so many people from so many different strategies and different walks of life, and I see, a, see it kind of across the board. So it's really cool to see the incredible diversity that God has. I have maybe just one more question before we kind of close this. Well, before we do close this section out, I'm wondering if you could do it all over again, is there anything that you would do differently? You know, Brian, probably just maybe a lot more prayer. I mean, mm. I do bathe everything in prayer, and we are we're constantly on our knees. But there can never be too much prayer, and uh, and I would I would enlist more more prayer partners to be praying for us, to be praying for our family, and for the work and for the worker. Hmm. So uh, that's what I would ask for. I would ask that. Uh, but you know, it's never too late. So, and other than that, it would probably just be as we talked earlier about just how I just I need to take it a little bit slower and just just you know, go at the pace that, that God's going sometimes. Wow. So I would just try to slow, slow down my, my, uh, my tendency to get ahead of things sometimes. Yeah. And as we were talking about before the show, that's, that's one of my challenges as well. I, I tend to, you know, I, I tend to go very, very slowly at first and make sure, try and make sure that everything's perfect. And then it can be so hard to go now, wait a minute, just because I've decided this and I felt like God talked to me a couple of months ago, doesn't mean he hasn't changed the orders and I didn't just fail to notice it. So. That, that's exactly right. We yeah. have to be, we have to be, we have to be uh, observant of that, of that. Yeah. Well, with that, we are going to go ahead and take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward the listeners. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. The core of what I want to see is greater unity in the body of Christ. And in that, what I want to see then is every single believer fully equipped, fully resourced, fully engaged in in fulfilling their calling where they are, and then also fully enfranchised in the global mission of God, which then I think in my mind, it means that every sent believer, you know, every missionary that's sent out somewhere is fully resourced. They're fully supported by their partners and they do a killer job of enfranchising and pouring back into their partners, into the partners that support them. And then on the flip side, all of the believers back home, so to speak, are, are able to see what God's doing and feel connected with it. And, and that's kind of the missions part of it. But beyond that, I want to see what I would like for every believer to see is the glory of God in the land of the living through the stories, through prayer, and then also through their personal experience. And that I think is maybe a couple of years off. And it's something that I'm, I think, walking toward, but maybe not really walking in yet. So a lot of what I experience still 
is a lot of secondhand stuff. And I'm, I glorify God for that. It's the same as when you read the scriptures and you hear the stories of what God did in Acts. Those are good and those are important, but it's not quite the same as actually being involved. And so I don't know exactly how that's going to look, but I think that's what I want to see happen. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. We're back with Jerry Smith, and I, I don't know about you, but he totally rocked my world. So I really appreciate the stuff that he's sharing. It's just so cool to get to talk to people and hear from God as they're sharing. Now, Jerry, as I think about our listeners, I know that most of the people who connect, are connected with the show are in the marketplace here in the United States or in North America. They care deeply about missions and about church planting, but being in the marketplace, sometimes it can start to feel like what we do really doesn't matter. What would you share with somebody if they're starting to feel that way? Just continue to be involved. I mean, if you're following, if you're following God and you're following his plan for your life, it, you know, a lot of times it's going to feel like, like what we're doing doesn't matter. I feel the same way all the time, but, but it does matter to God. And what matters is that we are, um, we're following him and we're, and we're doing what, what he's calling us to do. So don't let anything get you down when, you know, we see a lot of things out there on the news and we hear a lot of things. We read a lot of things in the newspaper and hear things from our friends. At the end of the day, we're, we're servants of Jesus Christ and we need to focus in on that. And, and our joy comes from that. Our joy comes from serving him and not from anything else. What would you share with somebody who's beginning, looked up and they're beginning to realize that more and more of their neighbors or their coworkers, the, the students that their kids go to school with, are coming from a different world religion or perhaps even from a place where a couple of years ago we thought, that's just where we send missionaries? Yeah. Yeah. We've been noticing that for years, and we talk about that quite often. You know, God is bringing, God is bringing the nations to us, I and mean, we've seen that happen throughout the course of history. Where uh, you know we're 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 commanded to go, and when we don't go, God will make it happen. That He, he you see, God, God desires that every family be blessed because of who He is. Every mm-hmm. family and every nation be blessed because of who He is. So when we have that, when we have the gospel, it's our responsibility to take it to others. And what we've done as a nation, and we do a great job as a nation of of bringing the gospel to the world, better than just about anybody. But at the same time, we have been so blessed with such resources that what we are, what, what, what's coming out of us isn't what, what God desires to come out of us. God wants this. God wants to use America. And so what he's doing is, is he's bringing them to us now. We see this with, with immigration, with problems with that, with our borders. And I don't always look at that as a, as you know, in a negative in a negative light, a lot of times we tend to think about this. Oh, this, you know, we're being invaded by all these foreign countries. But at the end of the day, it's God's desire that that they hear, and we have the message. So we have a great opportunity now that He's bringing them right to our shores. We, we're, we're He's actually saving us a ton of airfare, Brian, by bringing them <laughs> to us. Yeah. So that so I look at it like that, and what an opportunity and and responsibility to reach out to our neighbors who, who are from a different background, of course, in love. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it is just such an opportunity that, that he's giving us because it's all around us. Wow, that's we good. need to get equipped. Yeah. We just need to get equipped. 
we need to be aware and get equipped and, and go do the work. Yeah, I, I want to go back to the, I think, the soundbite that I heard, which was that this is just a great opportunity that God's surrounding us with. That, that to yeah. me, that just let, that hit me. So, yeah, thank you. Is there an internet resource, maybe a tool or a, a, a book maybe that you'd recommend for our listeners? You know, definitely Church Planting by the Book by E. Albert Smith. I would definitely recommend that. It, it goes right along the lines of, uh, of the Book of Acts, and, and he basically chronicles several of the First uh, Testament the, the New Testament churches there and how God influenced them and used them and, and how he's continuing to use the church today. But it really ties, really ties the church planting to the book of Acts really well, better than any, better than anything I've looked at before. Wow, that, that's good. And I think that's the first time that one's been recommended on the show. So that'll be great. For those of you listening, we will have this all linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Jerry Smith. Now, Jerry, we're just about done. I'm wondering, do you have maybe one last piece of advice and a good way for people to connect with you? Sure. My advice is just to uh, to get out there and serve Jesus with all your heart. And I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's obvious, but, but wow, just, just get out there and do it and be, be, be obedient to share, to share Jesus with your friends, with your neighbors, with your family, with whoever God places in your life, and you will have joy. You will have great joy like, like nothing else. There is nothing that can replace that feeling. There is nothing that can replace that, that sense of, of, of belonging to Jesus, of that sense of, of accomplishment than serving him and obeying him in that way. And if anybody needs to get a hold of me or to connect with me in any way, my email address is C-I-S-S-N, letter N, Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at movethegospel.com. And our website is www.movethegospel.com. Good deal. And like I mentioned, we will have that all linked up in the show notes for you. So if you're headed off to work or you're working out or cleaning the house or something like that, you don't have to try and text it to yourself. Just stop by the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Jerry Smith. Now, Jerry, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, making yourself available so late at night. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for, for the opportunity. And it's been great talking with you. Thanks to Jerry Smith for being with us and to you for joining us. Remember, show notes are always available at engagingmissions.com slash Jerry Smith. That's where you'll find ways to connect, comment, and share. Make sure you come back next week when we'll be hearing from our host, Brian Ensminger. Scott McClellan, that's me, of FX Missions will be joining us as the special host and turning the tables to interview Brian. The best way to make sure you don't miss this podcast is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app, engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story of how you have been equipped, challenged, or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.